Hey guys, this is The Real Estate Podcast and it's your host, Alex Kaufman. Now, before we dive into today's episode, I need you to do me a solid. Hit that subscribe button on your phone if you haven't done so already and share this episode with just one person. It's gonna help us get this information out to more people to learn about entrepreneurship and real estate. Thanks, now let's dive into today's episode. That's why the wealth gap exists, whereas men are much more bullish. You know, men do business on the golf course. And so, you know, they're out there, men hear about more deals, men talk about more deals, like literally the art of the deal, right? Right. And so men, men tend to not worry as much about the cash because they're pretty bulletproof and I'll just make more cash. It's not a problem. Like they think they're going to live forever. Men, you know, they don't worry about it. Whereas women, it's like, I could die tomorrow. I could get divorced tomorrow. This is my cash. What if the world comes to an end? I got to have my cash. Well, because of that, those two, the scarcity versus the abundance mindset, that's created this million dollar wealth gap between Mm -hmm. men and women. All right, everybody, welcome to the Real Estate Podcast. Today we have a very special guest. We got Lisa Copeland. She is a real estate investor. How long have you been in the Austin area? God, 30, 36 years. 36 years. Yeah. She's a luxury agent here, and she's got a team of over 900 agents across the United States, correct? I do. And uh, you are just really amazing. Matt and I met you. Uh, well, we initially met on the uh, show that we were on. Yes, The Real Estate King with Grant Cardone. Real Estate King with Grant Cardone back yeah. in December. And then we got to know each other a little bit better, and uh, it's been, you know, amazing so far. And, and then so we all went out to Grant's real estate conference. That's right. In Miami. Real Estate Summit. Real Estate Summit. We hung out there for a little while. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And we gotten to know each other a little bit. Yeah. Uh, and so I'm really glad that you're on the podcast. You've got a tremendous amount of experience in business, right? Because you haven't just always I'm been old. in. No. <laughs> Just in general, I mean, there's a, you know, the older you are, the more experience you have, right? Yeah, but there's a lot of, uh, you know, older people out there who don't have experience in business, right? Yes. But you've had a lot of very successful companies. So I think it's going to be very beneficial for all of our viewers uh, who hear your story today. Okay, cool. So tell us a little bit about who you are. Uh, You said you moved to the Austin area 30 years ago. Actually, longer than 30 years ago. So my husband and I, we were in Dallas, um, went to school in Dallas, college in Dallas. My husband was born and raised Dallas, Texas. Um, And then we had the opportunity to come down here and work in the car business. And gosh, so my kids, I'm just trying to put, I'm so bad at dates. It was probably in 1987 is when we moved here. When you say the opportunity, what do you mean by that? Well, so we were working for a car dealership in Dallas and they opened up a new dealership or they bought a dealership down in Austin on 183. Mm-hmm. So they were, we were transferred from the dealership in Dallas to the Chevy dealership in Austin. Okay. Yeah. What were y'all doing at the dealership in Dallas? Uh, I was in the finance department and my husband was in sales. He had just graduated from college. And so, you know, back then, you know, the economy wasn't great. Dallas was kind of uh, in trouble, you know, the economy was kind of on the skids. Mm -hmm. So, you know, just him being a recent college graduate, he had a hard time finding um, a good job. And um, I had a good job at the dealership in finance. And so when we had the opportunity to move to Austin, we thought, okay, sounds like a good opportunity. Mm -hmm. So we just did it and we never looked back. And you're from Dallas area? Yeah. Okay, got it. Yeah. And so y'all moved to to Austin to open the dealership? Uh, Yes, yes. And you ended up owning uh, a couple here, right? I did, but that was a long time later, like in 2012. So you built your way up. To, I did. To I started out as a car salesperson, and I went from car sales to finance to sales manager to general sales manager to general manager to dealer principal. And yeah. and how many dealerships did you own? Well, I owned one franchise, which was Fiat Alfa Romeo of Austin, but we had two locations. We had uh, we opened up and we launched Fiat back to America at the domain. Mm-hmm. And once we outgrew the domain and then we decided we'd bring on the Alfa Romeo franchise, we went ahead and we moved out to 183. Mm-hmm. And we had, we had to have a bigger facility. We had to have a service facility. So I uh, took the big plunge for about $38 million and bought a building. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just $38 million is no big deal. Right. <laughs> And that dealership, is it still there today? No. Uh, I sold it in 2016, and um, the and it was sold again in 2018, I believe. And so now it's a used car department. Got it. Yeah. And so would you ever get back into the no. car business? Don't even need to finish your sentence. No. Okay. No, 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 no. Why not? Uh, labor-intensive, tough business. It was great to – it really taught me to be who I am it taught me about people. It taught me about processes. It taught me about money management, leadership. It taught me a lot of things, but I feel like I closed that chapter of my life. Mm -hmm. I love real estate. I love helping people build generational wealth. Right. 
And so I know that you also had a, or maybe still do have a mortgage company. Do. And when did you start that? Back in 2000? Yep, 2000. Uh, the current mortgage company, which I actually founded. Um, but prior to that, I was in the mortgage business about four years. So I really got in the mortgage business in about 19, what is that, 1996? So you yeah. got your uh, your loan, your LO license. I did. In 96, yep. while you owned the car dealership? No, no, because I didn't own the car dealership until 2012. Got it, okay. Yeah. So, yeah. But you were doing both? No. Um, so I... So yeah, just to kind of make it make sense. So I started what is currently today Austin Mortgage Associates. I, I was working for a big company. I was the production manager for a mortgage company called North American Mortgage. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, you know, I'm making them millions and millions of dollars. Why aren't I making it for myself? Mm -hmm. So back then it was a lot easier to start a mortgage brokerage than it is today. Right. And so I found a company that would give me a warehouse line, a company by the name of Community Lending. And uh, I went to the local bank. I borrowed $50,000 so I could make payroll for the first two months. I mm -hmm. found an office in Round Rock, Texas at Georgetown Title. And I opened the doors. And I ran that company until 2010. And then in 2011, I had the opportunity to, I did some consulting work for uh, a couple of car dealers uh, on sales. And I'd been pretty successful in the mortgage business, but I was just sick of it. So I turned it over to my husband. I'm like, I need to open a new chapter. I'm gonna start a consulting company. I did that. And then through that consulting company, uh, I was given the opportunity to write the business plan for Fiat to remerge to America. So after I wrote that business plan, everything down to what the facilities would be like, what the training would be like, what the kind of people they would hire, because they wanted to come back to America in a different, different than the car dealership, right? And they wanted something different. And so when I did that, and at that point, Chrysler owned Fiat, Chrysler chose my proposal as the best proposal in the country. So then at that point, I was like, I feel like this is my brand. I was mm -hmm. so invested in it. So I, just, I, I asked if I could be a dealer. You know, and I wasn't going to be like I was just a person who put together a business strategy. And that was what you wanted to do with consulting was for the car yeah. business. Uh, for any business, really. Just business consulting. Yeah, business consulting for sales. Got it. Yeah. And so you were like, well, you know, I want to open up. My well, own. I did because I was like, I like my plan too. I think it'll work. And my my, I think the big idea to my plan that nobody had ever come up with before, and I will say Tesla followed suit, was opening it up in a high end shopping center, because again, it was a small car. We didn't know it left the country the first time is fix it again Tony and so we didn't know what it would do or what it wouldn't do mm -hmm. so maybe it was only gonna sell 10 cars a month Maybe it was only gonna sell 20 well in its heyday we were selling about hundred and ten cars a month out of the domain mm -hmm. that was a logistical nightmare right I owned I didn't own I leased all the property behind the uh, hotel back there as a holding lot and my cars would get broken into I I took the um, lot that was like attached to my building at the domain and that was a parking garage I had to lease it I mean it was absolute logistical nightmare but in about to get the cars in and out oh everything everything I mean tr big transport trucks would come uh-huh like imagine the big tra and parking on the roads at the domain and right. shutting down the domain unloading cars so right. then we had to find an alternate place for the transports to unload so like you know we had just built this giant that we never thought that we would build and the country didn't think we could build it and so tesla was really watching us and what we were doing and so in 2012 some of the suits from tesla came to see me and we didn't even know who Tesla was then, really. Right. And they said, how's this working out for you? And I was like, oh, it's great, da 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 You know, and I was just like this with logistics. And um, before I know it, they're, they're building one across the street from me. Right. Yeah. And theirs is still there, yeah? Theirs is still there. But you know, they have a different business model. You go in there and you order a car. Right. So, they, so they don't have the logistics and the inventory. And, and so with Fiat, like, you know, I mean, it was a Chrysler product, so you had to store cars. Right. And I used to say, I would have 100 cars in the holding lot on Friday night when I'd go home and Monday there was 200 like they would breed yeah. you've never seen anything like these Fiat's they just kept coming and coming and coming right. so and then um, the other uh, dealerships around the country were not doing as well as us so the factory started diverting all their inventory to us because they were like well we'll send it to Austin because they'll get it sold mm -hmm. so then that that you know that also caused a logistical nightmare how does it work? we had Fiat's parked everywhere all over the city I'm curious how it works as a dealer. So, you know, them sending you inventory. Yeah. I'm sure you don't. Do you pay for it as a dealer yes. up front? <laughs> yes. So it's not consignment where you make. No, 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 no. No, I had, I had lines of credit. I mean, at one point, I think I had 12, 14 million sitting on, on in fiat. So you pay for the hundred that show up uh -huh. and then you have to sell them. Well, so they go to my, to my floor plan and then I have to pay the interest on the floor plan. Got it. Yeah. So. 
Yeah, it was like, but you know, I learned. I learned a lot. I think that that's made me who I am today. And um, I think it's made me really good at building teams and structure because I was really proud of my team. They broke the world sales record in 2012. And uh, you built it from scratch? Built it from nothing. Yeah. And most of my salespeople had no experience, right? I taught them how to sell, but not to sell to like sell people into things, but to become a, a good communicator and to, you know, help take people on the journey of relaunching this car to America that was going to revolutionize the auto industry. So I think everything that we do, there's a story behind it. And if you yeah. can create a story, then you're going to be successful. And that's what I think we've, we've done with our agents. And what I've taught agents that have worked for me over the last several years is that you, you know, real estate's a story. Every house has got a story. Every seller's got a story. Every buyer's got a story. Everyone's got a story. So if you can capture the story and then take people on a journey with you, um, then I think you'll be really successful. Yeah, you gotta gotta know the story in order to solve the problem. You do, you do. And then once you know the story, or, then it's easy to solve a problem. Solve the problem or even expand their story. Because a lot of times yeah. people people can't see the ending to their own story. Think about how many times you're in a rut and you're like, and I could walk in and go, Alex, I know exactly how this is gonna end, da 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 da. And then you're like, okay, I'm unstuck. Right. So it's the same with homeowners Yeah. and sellers. Everybody. Yeah. Get and I mean, that's, that's what I mean when I say problem doesn't necessarily mean a actual problem, but you right. know, someone's in a rut. That's a problem. That's it. And you just got to provide some solutions. Yeah. Um, okay. So sold the dealership yep. and you said you built the, uh, the largest mortgage company around here. What, what was your, uh, back in the day, not anymore. Ba- you're right. Not anymore. Uh, back in the day we were, we, we were doing about a hundred million a year. I, I, I still remember when Wells Fargo in Williamson County, their mortgage division came in and tried to buy the company. And I had a meeting with their executives and um, they were in my office. I was sitting at my desk. There was two of them here and they made the offer. And I, and I literally, and they're like, and now you're going to be on a salary. And Oh, by the way, you got to wear a suit and pantyhose. And, da, da, da. and I was just like, okay, wait a minute. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm taking a pay cut. And I've got to wear pantyhose and I'm still bigger than you are. Right. No. So I learned back then that, you know, it's, it isn't good to wrap your company up under something like a conglomerate, like a Wells Fargo. Right. Yeah. yeah I, can, I can imagine. All of a sudden, you know, they're, they're cutting the rules and, and you're taking a pay cut. Right. So. So you still have it today though. Do. And yeah. uh, you said your husband. Uh, he runs it. He runs it because yeah. you needed to start a new chapter. I did. I was sick of it. You know, I, there's something in me that I just get sick of things. <laughs> I move on. Get it's like bored, the car yeah. business. I yeah. maybe bored or maybe I, I've 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 rung all the bells or I've accomplished it, and that's why I wouldn't go back to the car business <clears> because how would I ever build the number one store in the country again? Right. Too old and too cranky for that. And uh, mortgages got to be really, really. Um, terrible after Obama became president just with all the regulations and regs and it was just awful and um so I didn't want to do that anymore and the car business sounded fun so I did that until it wasn't good anymore and I sold it and now it's real estate so uh you when you handed it off to your husband to run yeah uh did you go and get your real estate license at that time or you already had it no I didn't have it and I didn't get my license at that time uh so that was in so I, I handed it off to him in 2000 10 or 11 so I could go in the car business. So I, I've been long oh, yeah, yeah. detached. I got yeah. I did. I, you know, I got my real estate license by accident. So when I sold the, um, when I sold the dealership in 16, I, um, Kevin O'Leary from uh-huh. Shark Tank, yeah. he has a company called proper television. Okay. And so uh, it was up in Canada at the time. And it was pretty funny because he was running for prime minister and Trump was running for president. Kevin was. Yeah. But he was running for prime minister of Canada. Uh-huh. So anyways, uh, it, there was a show called car shark that they'd put together and they were selling it to the syndicate, which was NBC at the time up in Canada. And so I got scouted for it and I went up there, I tried out, I got the deal. So the premise of the show was I was the only woman car dealer and there was four other guy car dealers. Two were Canadian and two were American car dealers. One of the American car dealers I recommended for the show, good friend of mine, he's pretty famous, Chop Chop Tobin, king of cars out of Las Vegas. He sells Mayweather, all of his, uh, Rolls Royces, like 300 of them. And mm-hmm. anyway, great guy. He and I were on the board at Chrysler together. But, and he's a showman, and I knew he'd be fun to do a show with because he had a show. He was one of the original reality TV guys, a show called King of Cars on TNN, TNB, one of those, the T, T stations. So I recommended him for the show. We had a good time. And then another guy by the name of BC, and he has BC Moto. So he builds Porsches mm-hmm. out in California. He became a really good friend of mine. So, so we were the three Americans. And then we had the two Canadians. Right. And um, so that was, it was interesting. Me and, me and the Canadians didn't jive at all. And um, why? They were just rude. They just didn't think a woman should be a car dealer. And, and the show was kind of built around me. 
Uh-huh. And so, but we didn't, none of us knew that going into it, but it ended up turning out that way. Don't they say that Canadians are uh, like super nice and pushover? Yeah, and no, these guys were not. <laughs> uh, and then on top of the fact, they were big socialists. And so they didn't, you know, yeah. they, they, they knew we were supporting Trump and um, they didn't like Kevin O'Leary. And Kevin O'Leary owned the production company. Right. So it was just, it was crazy time. So I did that. And um, then I wrote a book called Crushing Mediocrity. I co-authored a book. Uh, I've got an agent in New York, went on a bunch of speaking tours. So I was speaking, consulting, and doing stuff like that until um, the pandemic. And oh, my agent, really? Yeah, and my, agent, my agent called me in whatever, when did it hit, March of 2020? I was literally pulled off a stage in Chicago. I was speaking for a big moving company, and it was their international conference, and I was the closing keynote speaker. I was gonna spend the night, and I had a meeting with their people in the morning consulting. And, um, the meeting planner met me backstage. She's like, we're taking you to the airport now. I'm like, why? And she said, because Chicago O'Hare is getting ready to shut down and, and, and we will be on lockdown starting tomorrow. And me from Texas, I'm like, why? Right. I just kept saying, why? What are you, what are you talking about? Right. And she's like, oh, the pandemic. I'm like, what pandemic? Like, right. seriously. And so I get to Chicago O'Hare and that was, that was the only time I was ever afraid of the pandemic. I get to O'Hare and everybody's like, literally, they're in hazmats or mats, gloves, this, that. And I'm just like, what is happening? I remember calling my husband. I'm like, something's happening in Chicago. Mm-hmm. They're flying me home tonight. I have to leave. I don't have a mask or gloves, like all these things. And he's like, why? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So obviously it hit Chicago before it hit anywhere else or, you know, the big cities in Chicago and New York. So you said that was March 19th. Yeah. Yeah. 2020. So then my agent called me and it's all of a sudden you're canceled, you're canceled, you're canceled. And I mean, I had over a million dollars worth of speaking and consulting gigs canceled. And so I was like, huh, what am I going to do? Just from a standpoint of like, what am I going to do? I'm not going to live in my house. I'm not going to cow down to fear. This is stupid. And so y'all were living in Belton at the time. No, we were living in Cedar park. Okay. Yeah. And I literally, I had a good friend, uh, real estate community might know him. Haas Pratt. He wrote the book, the listing boss. Yep. And Haas and I were managed by the same speakers agency out of New York. So I knew Haas. Right. And so all of a sudden I get this email from Haas and it was like, I hadn't heard from him probably in a year. And he's like, hey, what are you up to? And I, I picked up the phone and I just called him. And I'm like, everything's canceled. Like, have you been canceled? He's like, oh yeah, old mm. news. Right. And I'm like, I, I don't know what I'm gonna do. And I said, I said, so I think I'm gonna get a real estate license. It's the only thing I haven't done. And I said, if nothing else, it gets me out of the house. Right. If I sell a house, great. If I don't, it, whatever, it doesn't matter. And he said, well, I'm working with Tarek El Moussa from HGTV. You need to come to Dallas tomorrow. We want to talk to you. And I said, all right. I, again, I had nothing to lose. Right. I didn't even know the company. I, I knew right. nothing. So I get in my car. I, I remember printing the email so I'd have it in the car with me because if I got pulled over because it was non-essential. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I had the <laughs> right. email in the car with me, and, 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 and I get there, and Haas was in this big high-rise Crazy building in Dallas. Crazy times You can't even make it up. Yeah. And, and everyone's masked up, and I didn't have a mask, and Haas walks out. And you'd have to know Haas. He's just bigger than life. He has no mask. I said, I don't have a mask. They're not going to let me in. He's like, oh, that's bullshit. Just come on. Come on. We don't wear masks in Texas. So anyways, it was great to see Haas, and I, I, we brought Tarek in on Skype, and um, they said, you know, we, we need someone who knows how to build teams, lead people. You know, Tarek's like, I'm a celebrity. I do HGTV. I can't do it. Haas is like, I'm Haas. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> so I said, well, I can do it. Sure. So I went and got my real estate license, like in 20 days, went to Champions School. And um, were the they rest doing in person or you did online? I went, I went in person. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes. I went in person for the like, first four classes and then it went to online. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I mean, kind of, the, and I'm bad on timelines, but by like June, I was licensed and mm-hmm. at EXP with Haas and those guys. Cause I'm, yeah. I just had my three year anniversary with EXP. Yeah. It, it's pretty, uh, you can get your license pretty quickly. Yeah. But what's funny was, is that I didn't even know, I, I had to call Haas as I left there. I was super excited. I was just like, I love these guys. They're my kind of people. And, um, I called Haas like when I was in Waco and I said, what company did I just sign up to go to work for? Right. I, I go, who, who am I working with besides you and Tarek? Right. He goes, oh, it's EXP. And I'm like, oh, okay. Like, I didn't even know. Right. And I, I believe that in life. I don't think it matters what the engine is. I think it matters the people you work with. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. It didn't really matter. It's doesn't matter. Trust Haas. I, I, I trust Haas. Haas. Yeah. yeah. Like, I love Haas. Like, he was, he's been my friend for years. And so I was like, I'm going to work with Haas. Cool. And then he and I can sit and make fun of people that wear masks because right. he and I are so aligned on everything. So it was great. And um, I, I never look back from working with he and Tarek. 
Yeah. And so what happened since then? Well, so after I kind of figured out what the model was, I um, made a list of the top uh, real estate influencers that I knew. And I knew several of them because of the car business. Right. One of them being my good friend, Grant Cardone. And I met Grant in 2011. He walked in my car dealership. He had just flown in off of like American Airlines and his suit, like his business finest. And he and I was only the general sales manager back then uh, of a Chrysler store because I was kind of a dealer in training. Mm-hmm. I had to kind of go through some stuff to be a dealer principal. And so anyways, he walks in and the general manager of this Chrysler store wouldn't see him. He's like, I know that guy. There's no way I'm talking to him. And the receptionist, I was number two in charge. Mm-hmm. Receptionist looks over at me and she goes, well, he's here. He seems like a night. I'm like, I'll talk to him. I had nothing better to do. Right. And he had a good suit on. So I was like, okay. So I bring Grant back in the office and I'm like, what's up? Like, what do you got going on? He's like, well, don't you know who I am? I'm like, no, I just got in the car business five minutes ago. Right. I have no idea who you are, but he hadn't written the book 10 X yet. Mm-hmm. I don't think that happened until like 13 or 14. So he, 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 he wasn't super famous yet, but a lot of the car people knew him. Right. But I was just like, dude, like I've been in mortgages. I've been a speaker this, that, and the other. And, and, and anyways, so it was, it was pretty funny. And, um, we, we spent like two or three hours together. I did not get card on you. I did not get it. And he still brings it up to this day. I think you remember he mentioned it probably yeah. on the show cause he'll never let it go. But, uh, he did ask me that day. He says, Hey, I want to buy an apartment here in Austin. Can you refer me to a commercial agent? And I did a guy that named Jay Robinson who screwed the deal up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jay's still my friend today, but he, he's still, he's kicking himself that he didn't take Cardone more seriously. Yeah. I think Grant bought that one and uh, it was in Round Rock, right? Yeah, he did. So anyways, you know, so that was, so and that was like one of his first deals. So what are the chances I would have met him? So we, we exchanged numbers. Uh, as I did better and better in the car business, I started getting big speaking gigs in the car business, speaking at like NADA because they all <clears throat> female dealer. They wanted me there. So a lot of times Grant was backstage with me because he was a, he was one of the keynotes, too. Right. So we kept up over the years kind of loosely. And the way we really reconnected was during the pandemic, during Clubhouse. Oh, uh, yeah. So my good friend Glenn Lundy has um, Breakfast with Champions. So he called me and he's like, hey, I want you to do a morning show. It'll be about a thousand people in the room. I want you to do Monday, Wednesday, Fridays at 7 a.m. Mm-hmm. Can you can you run that show? And I'm like, yeah, sure. So um, <clears throat> Grant kept popping in my room and I kept bringing him up on stage and we'd like banter back and forth and whatever. And um, so he was probably the second person I called when I got to EXP. And yeah, I'm like, Grant, I got the deal for you. I mean, how many times does Grant Cardone hear that? Right. And I'm like, I'm like, you know, you need to do this. And of course, his answer was no. So it took several meetings. It took um, a lot of meetings. He kept telling me no. But like, no wasn't really no, but it was kind of no, because he would he would still talk to me about it. Yeah. And that's a sales lesson right there. If, if someone will still talk to you about it, it really isn't no. They're just not sold yet. Right. So I had to push my own self out of the way. And I'm like, okay, for whatever reason, you know, Grant's just thinking I'm a peon. I just got started with this. I can't get him. So I called the chairman of the board of our of World Holdings. And I said, his name's Glenn Sanford. And I said, Glenn, I've got this really good friend. Do you know who he is? Grant Cardone. He's like, I don't have no clue who that guy is. Interesting. Yeah, he didn't know who he was. I said, well, I'm going to have him on my clubhouse show this week. Will you pop into clubhouse and just listen to him? Yes, and, and in the meantime, will you do some research on him? Like, well, he's a billionaire, he's this. He may not even been a billionaire at that point. And um, I said, but he's a big real estate investor, but more importantly, he's got millions of fans. And of those millions of fans, there's gotta be a few thousand of them that wanna get into real estate mm-hmm. that, w- that would follow him anywhere. Right. And Glenn's like, okay, so we did, we did, we did. And long story short, after Sanford figured out who Cardone was, he was very <laughs> interested. And uh, he said, set up a meeting between he and I. And so I did. And Grant was driving down the street and Elena was in the car and they were on speaker. And he was, and so Grant's like, you know, I don't want to be a real estate agent. It's not going to work for me. I'm an investor. I've got this, you know, all this stuff. And, and Elena heard it. Elena said, well, is it something I could do? And you and Elena were really good friends by then. We did not know each other. Oh, really? Uh -uh. No, we did not know each other. I knew Grant, but I had never met Elena. Yeah. So, um, one day when I was going to have Grant into the room, so this happened a little bit before this conversation. I was going to have Grant into the room. Grant doesn't show up. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, I have a room of 1,000 people, and they're expecting Grant Cardone. In well, person? Uh, on Clubhouse. Got it. And so um, Elena pops in the room, which is really unusual. 
But for some reason, she pops in the room and I grab her in the room. I'm like, hey, Elena Cardone. Hey, we, we've never met officially, but oh my God, Grant and I, blah, blah, blah. She's like, oh, I've heard about you, blah, blah, blah. She probably hadn't, but that's just Elena now that I know Elena. And, um, and uh, I said, that's great. And I'm, I'm like sending her a back message. I didn't have her phone number then. And I'm like, your husband's supposed to be here right now. And I'm texting his assistant, where is Grant? Right. So long story short, I, um, Elena stays in the room the whole time. I interview her, thank God. And then she sends me a message and she goes, you ought to come out to Miami this weekend. I have got this thing called Build an Empire. And I really think you'd like it. So I, I was like, you know what? I got nothing to lose. And I wasn't even thinking, uh, and it was during pe- the pandemic, but we could fly into Florida mm-hmm. and they could actually host an event. And I was just so anxious to get anywhere where I could just go and be with people. And so, that was like a workshop uh-huh. she was putting on? Yeah. And I flew out and I went and her and I met each other and the rest is history. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now y'all got a lot of stuff in the works. Mm-hmm. Not only a team of 900 agents, yep. right? But yeah. to next ladies conference coming yep. up. Yeah. Tell us about to next ladies. Ah, oh, super excited. So, um, Hey, this is Alex, and I'm the co-owner of TRE. Since the beginning of time, real estate has created more millionaires than any other investment, and I want to get you involved in a community that will help you achieve your goals within real estate investing. I know you don't have the knowledge, connections, or resources to start investing today. Most people spin their wheels over and over and over without ever actually taking any action to successfully start investing. That's why I want to get you involved in our community so that you can get the hands-on support, training, and meet the other members that you can start doing deals with in order to start investing in real estate. You need to get in the room with the right people who can help you achieve your goals and get the hands-on support and one-on-one training that you need in order to start investing. Just click on the link in the description to join the entrepreneur community today. This, this will be my third year to speak at it. So I feel So really, it's been going on for three years? It's been going on for four years. Four years. Yeah. But so I've been invited back for the third time to speak. And the keynote, the big keynote this year is Megan Kelly, who Elena and I are both obsessed with. We love her. Mm-hmm. Uh, Venus Williams is speaking. Uh, Marisol Nichols, who's the star of Riverdale. She's speaking. Uh, myself, Elena, and Natalie Workman. Nice. Or Natalie Dawson. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. So, Brandon's wife? Yeah. And so it's, uh, it's a conference that they put on in Miami? Yes. And it's what what goes on at the conference? What do y'all It's talk a about women there? empowerment conference. You know, a lot of men come. Uh, we'll, we'll have, we'll have 2,000 people there this year. Well, that's big. It's very big. Yeah, it's very big. And it's exciting. Aren't y'all working on other things too? You we know, are. to empower women and ladies we are. and share about investing and Yes. So we have we have uh, Women Wire Inc., women winning in real estate. So we're putting together a big program for that and a syndicate type thing to help women invest in real estate. Um, more to come on that. And then we have another big one that we're under NDA on, but it will launch in August. Okay. Can't that talk is, about it now, but can't talk about it now. Uh, and it's not real estate related. So it's it's a side deal that she and I came across. It's gonna be super exciting. So I love working with her. Like, you know, I remember first time I met her, I said to Grant, I'm like, where have you kept her my whole life? Yeah. Because we're so aligned on right. everything. He was he was gardener from you. I, I'm telling you, he was. I'm like, yeah. okay, you know, she's mine, not yours. She's my, she'll be my best friend. Right. Yeah. So uh, back to, you know, real estate investing and helping women invest in real estate. Yeah. Um, what a, you know, you're a real estate investor. Yes. So what, what all have you invested in? What's your kind of experience with, with that? Well, so let me just take you back to why I'm so passionate about it. Um, yeah. There's a wealth gap in this country for women, and it's $1 million. If, if, if a man and a woman are both 50 years old, same education, same income, same everything, uh, he will be worth a $1 million more. It's, it's the wealth gap. Yeah, I'm very, I'm very curious to, to hear about this because I don't know these stats. Yeah. So uh, that's a, just a standard stat. It's a standard stat. And the biggest reason is, is because women tend to hold on to cash. So again, these are big national numbers. And so if you're listening, you're like, well, I don't do that. I, inv- I get it. But like, go, go to the 80-20 rule. So women are much more cautious. We're, we're much more guarded with our money, right? So women tend to hold 70% of their wealth in cash. Cash, cash, cash. Like my mother, I think about my mother. She's got so much cash. I'm like, mom, let's do this because that cash will make X amount every month. She's like, no, 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 no. You know, but you can't get hurt if it's secured by real estate. Yeah. Nine times out of 10, you just can't if you've got a good agent. And so, um, but she's like, no, I want to hold my cash and make 4%. Right. Right. So that. Put it in a CD. Yeah. Put it in a CD or whatever, a treasury bond, which is really a disaster nowadays. Right. So <clears throat> anyways, so that's, that's, that's why the wealth gap exists. Whereas men are much more bullish. You know, men do business on the golf course. And so, you know, they're out there, men hear about more deals, men talk about more deals, like literally the art of the deal. 
Right. Right. And so men men tend to not worry as much about the cash because they're pretty bulletproof and I'll just make more cash. It's not a problem. Whereas, you know, so men and, and, and I used to teach this in the car business too. So this is not just a new thing for me. I've been pretty women empowerment for my whole career. But but men men are not men are more bullish like they think they're going to live forever men you know they don't worry about it whereas women it's like i could die tomorrow i could get divorced tomorrow this is my cash what if the world comes to an end? i gotta have my cash well because of that those two the scarcity versus the abundance mindset that's created this million dollar wealth gap between mm-hmm. men and women well what about like uh two people being married that's same concept there where the wife doesn't invest her money it's like counted as separate that's a or good question. I really can't answer that. I don't know. So I, I would, you know, I'm going more off of just a woman who handles her own finances yeah. versus a man. Right. You know, and I mean, I've been married 35 years and I don't tell my husband when I'm buying a house yeah. for investment. Like I'll come home. And go, I, I did it yesterday. Right. I went out and looked at a house. I was going to list it. And um, I said to the guy, I said, I'll buy it from you. I'll close in 10 days and I'll write you a check. And he was like, okay, deal. And I said, I want, you know, I said, I, I agree with your price minus 6%. Right. And I'll write you a check and I'll let you keep, I'll let you stay in it till the end of the month. So you went to a listing appointment and yeah, closed I bought the deal? The house. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Just a little house in Temple, but it's in the coolest, best neighborhood. And then right next and perfectly, perfectly single door, which I, I typically don't do, but I'm changing my thoughts a little bit on that right now for many reasons. But right next door to it, there's the South Temple uh, Park, which is this huge water slide park. And mm-hmm. it looks like a Schlitterbahn. It's so nice. And it's six bucks a day. Yeah. Versus taking your kid to Schlitterbahn, it's a hundred bucks a day or the right. other, right? So my thought, I'm like, okay, a young family is going to come in here. It's right over by Temple Scott and White Hospital, mm-hmm. right? So you know, you're gonna have your nurse, you know, they want a place for their kids for the summer or whatever for six bucks. They can take them, they can walk them to this beautiful water park. I'm just like, ching, ching, ching. So you bought it just because you like the location? I like the location. I like the property. It was yeah. perfect. It Good was price? Perfect. Yeah. $276,000. I did take it off minus the commissions. Two seventy six. Yeah. $2,200 a month in rent. Right. Hello. Yeah. It's almost, it's almost that, you know, the, the 10% rule on, on the investing or the 1%. So I don't know. Easy peasy. Yeah. And so what else have you uh, invested in over the years? Well, I've got a ranch in Florence. I've bought. What um, do you do with the ranch? Do you, is it just family husband. ranch? Yeah. Yeah. My husband, he loves it. Um, God, I've bought duplexes, floorplexes, triplexes. Um, I thought I was going to get into the big multifamily game. Um, After December? When what? we went to the... Yeah, yeah. But I, 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 uh, debt's too expensive right now. Insurance yeah. is doubling. Like, there's just too many factors that, like, I don't feel good about it right now. And I also don't think we've got the uh, upward appreciation where we can do the cash out and some things right now. So my friend Grant would probably argue with me and... You know, that's probably why he's a billionaire and I'm not. But so right now I'm, I'm, I'm pulling back on that. So right now you're buying single family houses cash, mm-hmm. not getting any debt. No, no debt. Yeah. Debt's too expensive. It is expensive. You know, but one of the things that we teach and one of the things that when I teach women how to build wealth in real estate is, you know, like self-directed IRAs. You know, how about your health savings account? Self-direct that. So, you know, women and men, like you guys have a lot of assets out there that are just sitting there, not really, they're kind of dormant. And you're like, oh, it's dead money. Like, you know, being self-employed, I have to buy SEP IRAs every year. I don't know what we spend, $8,000 a year, 75, whatever. I've got For what? A SEP IRA. Oh, yeah. So we can write it off, right? right? I mean, I've got, I had a ton of those. You know, again, enough years being self-employed. And so I wrapped them all into one, into a self-directed IRA. My health savings account did the same thing. Um, and now all of a sudden I can take that money and invest it in real estate. And, you know, I, I bought a house with it. Oh, yesterday? No. That's the one? That's a different one. But that, that was a different house I bought. But well, yeah. what's, your, what's your message to, to a woman out there who uh, are holding on to cash right now and are scared to invest? Yeah. Where can, uh, get the, where they, can they get this knowledge and education? And Well, um, you know, Women Wire Inc. Women yeah, so w- what is that? So it, right now, it's, it's just a page on my on my website of sellingcentraltexas.com. But we're going to build it out. I'm working with Elena on building some of that out because I, I want women to, I want men to do it too. You know, there's a lot of men that don't realize. And the other thing is I would say, you know, work with great agents like you guys and like me. And like, I mean, we, we know this market. Right. You guys know this market. Like I always see videos, you know, from you guys and you're saying to invest and to do this. And so, you know, you don't just want to work with any Joe Blow agent. No. Because they don't understand the market. And it, it costs the same to work with me and you as it does with some somebody who doesn't know the market. Yeah. So they're better off working with us. And they're not even paying for it. 
just it, right? Like it's the greatest there's deal a, in the world. There's 20,000, give or take, agents in Austin. Oh, God, that's terrible, isn't it? Yeah, and there's probably, uh, you know, a few who know the market very well and probably know how to navigate deals and yeah. can really help you out. And you and I are two of them. Yeah. <laughs> and well, Matt, right? And you were saying uh, the the wealth gap and people hold on to cash. And yes. I think it's... And it's fear right now, right? I mean, like you turn on the news, it's bad news. Yeah. You know, Trump's been indicted again, this, that, and the other, blah, blah, blah. And so it, <clears> and it just, it creates this, well, I'm going to hold on to my money. And, you know, we have a recession and we've got this. I'm going to hold on to my money. Like, no, now's the time. Assets are on sale. Right. That's my thing. I'm not holding on to any money. All money does sitting in the bank, cash is trash. It's sitting in the bank and it's just depreciating. Like, right. It's like it's just being worth less and less every single day. So I'm yeah. going to go buy the asset on sale. Right. I'm going to throw all my money into that. I can sell it if I have to. If I need money, I'll go sell something. Right. Well, that, that's kind of my point is I'm sure there is that gap there. Uh, yeah. But I think it's also to the majority of anybody, uh, you know, not just women or uneducated men. It's, you know, the entire United States is probably not really financially literate. Right. And they all have been taught to save your money and invest in penny you know, saved is a penny earned. Right, and, and invest in the stock market and, blah, blah, blah. and your four hundred one k. And yeah. uh, I don't think many people actually understand finances. Right, I think a very small percentage of people actually know if they are investing what they're actually investing in and why. Right, which is why they need licensed professionals like you and me to to help them and and get them through that. Yeah, because you know money in the bank is. I mean, you're going backwards every day. You know, I looked at uh, a, um, an inflation chart. I don't know, it was probably 30 days ago. I did a podcast on it. So if you live in San Francisco, <clears throat> there's actually no, not much inflation in San Francisco. Um, Dallas, uh, Dallas was one that was high. It was like 19. percent So if your money per is, year. yeah. So if your money is earning 4% and your inflation rate in your city is at 19%, you're backwards 15%. Right. That money does not need to sit in the bank. It needs to be put into an asset that's appreciating at hopefully a higher rate or close to that of the inflationary rate. Right. That's yeah. why you should get the loan at 8%. Because then you're making 11%. Uh, again, I, li- I own a mortgage company and I still don't like debt. Yeah. So, you know, hopefully, you know, you get to the point where you don't have to have the debt. So do you do a one-stop shop? Find the house, get the mortgage from the mortgage company? Mm, not necessarily. No. Are there, are there uh, I'm sure there's. You know, I mean, I, I don't push people on that. I mean, yeah. you know, I, I introduce them to my husband. A lot of my clients are cash buyers. Yeah. Like probably my last six transactions, they just wrote a check. Right. Uh, my clients are older. A lot of times they're established. Um, you know, they're moving. You know, I, I do a ton of 1031 exchanges. I just had lunch, I told you, with my attorney. And so we're going to sell off a bunch of their assets up in Bell County. And we're going to put it into a 1031. And we're going to, and we're going to, you know, go find somewhere else to park the money. Nice. Yeah. So a lot of it is just sitting and planning with people and talking yeah. to them and, you know. Solving the problem. That's it. Learning the story. That's it. What, uh, so what, what's, what's the future hold? What's new? What's, what's next for, for you or for you guys? I or? don't know. I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. And, and as, you know, as, as long as I love what I do, I'll, I'll do it. Yeah. And the day that this doesn't become fun anymore, I won't do it. But I, I think the most rewarding thing about what I do and probably about what you do also is that um, we help people build generational wealth. Yeah. <clears throat> I've got a bunch of clients that are about your age that are my son's friends. They went to college together. They went to Hyde Park Baptist together. Like they've all been together for years. And I've made them hundreds and thousands of dollars right. in, on deals. You know, and that's rewarding to me, like going to events with my son's friends and stuff. And um, and they're like, oh, Miss C, like, you know, God, we made 200000 on that last one. Where's the next deal coming? Right. That type of stuff. Like, I love to help people yeah, get rich in real estate because yeah. it's the only place. I mean, you look at every billionaire that we know or we know of, they all made their money. And, you know, maybe it may be a couple exited big, but majority of the billionaires um, in this world or in this country their money it's, is tied to real estate. It's hard to lose when you're buying good deals. It's impossible to lose. Right. Now, it, 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 it may not be a winner today, and so you have to know that. Well, it's a long game. I mean, yeah, I have some deals right now. They're not winning yeah. but um, that I, I own, but they will win. Yeah, I think that's I the thing. I just have to, to outlive the deal. <laughs> I think that's the thing for people to understand as well, too. Like, you know, for uh, uh, Women Wire Inc. or, yeah. you know, for anybody who's looking to get started investing, it's uh, the good deals. It's, it's not get rich quick. It can yeah. be. You know, yeah. there's definitely some one-offs where we make a lot of money right now. But they're but they're hard to find. Yeah, but the wealth is built through owning real estate over the long term, and taking and, and and not forgetting what the the tax benefits are. Right, right. Taking the depreciation. I mean, my goal is to own so much real estate that I eventually offset my income 100 percent and don't pay taxes. 
Yeah. Like so, so like I, I could care less about the five hundred dollars a month in cash flow. The th- it doesn't doesn't change my life, my world one iota. I want to have so much depreciation that I'm not paying federal income tax legally. Right. Which so is that's possible. That's a big goal. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm getting I'm getting there. I mean, I'll I'll, I'll get there. I'll get there by the end of next year, probably. Hopefully. Well, I'm gonna have good. to keep I'm gonna have to keep acquiring properties. Yeah. Obviously. But that's okay. Yeah. Yeah, get into some syndicates. And, you know, and that's something that, like, if, if you don't have the cash or you don't want to do it now, I mean, get involved in a syndicate. Yeah. So explain know? what that is to people who don't know. Yeah. So a syndicate is, you know, you can invest. You can be an accredited or a non-accredited investor. And you can invest with, you know, like our friend Grant Cardone, Cardone Capital. Um, uh, there's a lot of syndicates out there. You know, I'm putting one together right now uh, with Women Wire Inc. And so, you know, where you put in 50000 10000 25000 $100,000, and, and, and you, you go in with a bunch of people and you acquire Real estate. You got GPLP structure. You're a pure passive investor. Yeah, but but you are able to take the depreciation. Yeah, you get all the tax benefits. Yeah, Uh, yeah, and a small check every month. You know, a prep return. What five to eight percent reality? Yeah, yeah. Whatever whatever it generates, or if there's a cash out refinance in the future. That's right. You get your. You could get your. But you know, that's one of the reasons I'm not going into some of these deals right now because I don't think, I I mean I think I think we're a ways off on the cash out again. For it to make sense i think yeah yeah i think we're like just right now so yeah i'm not it. sure uh what yeah. what interest rates are going to do well they're going to go i think i think they're going up again today i think the fed's going to raise again today so i think that i think we're going to have to live this out for the next couple of years and so you know um it's just it's going to be interesting yeah i agree yeah so don't I, give up on the multifamily just yet i'm not giving up on it i'm not giving up on it i'm just i'm just kind of i'm a little i'm just pausing a bit on it yeah well i mean i'm talking the, big multifamily yeah, yeah i'm not talking like like if, if if someone gave me a, a deal right now with 20 units like i'd love to find like a little 20 unit 40 <laughs> units something i'd buy that on my own yeah here in austin probably not in austin proper i probably want it in bell county okay yeah why do you have one are you just sitting here thinking yeah, about it yeah. i got one in austin uh, that we're working right now. Yeah. But Austin's, you know, Austin's very unique. Everybody wants to sell at a four, yeah. four and a half cap. Right. I mean, the guy, you know, I'm talking to the broker right now. He's got it at, it's a, the whole thing, 22 units, all Airbnbs. Oh, uh, nice. No permits. I was going to say, but are you worried about yeah, the well, permits, I don't, the situation I don't, with Austin? And I permitting. told him, look, I'll, I'll buy this, but I have to buy it based As off long-term. of long-term tenant yeah, numbers. That's what I would too, too. And so it's like, you know, going from $4 million to $2 million, uh, and he said send it over. So he hasn't fully uh, divulged the story there. But there's a reason why this guy wants to sell it, uh, and there's a reason why he'd be willing to sell it for $2 million less than you know, he's currently got but is he for really him. willing to sell it for two million? Yes, or is well, he just we'll trying to get out. you on paper and start working the deal? Well, we'll find out. Yeah. but that's hmm. fine. So, are you going to write a check for it? Uh, for the two million? Yeah, uh, we could. Okay. Uh, like you said, we'll see if he actually gets down there first. Right. But uh, Bell County is interesting. Uh, we're selling a property in Temple right now. Uh, we that one wasn't doing that well for us. Uh, it wasn't the best property. What was it? What is it? Just a small single family home. Yeah. I think it's off Third Street. Yeah. Not the greatest area. No. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyways, bought it for bought it for cheap. We're gonna make some good money on it. Get out of it. Uh, but I like Bell County. I mean, I like Temple Bell County too. Belton. I like Belton. We we own something in Bartlett actually. We own a triplex there. I sh- I sent you that. I think you sent it to me. Yeah. I'd like to sell that. If anybody wants to buy it, yeah, we have to pay property taxes in two counties there. Why? So, like, so is it like split down? The, are you like pretty, right on the county line? Pretty much, I guess. Huh. We've tried to get out of it many times, uh, but it's like thirteen. You know, that happened to me on that five million dollar listing I had. Uh-huh. Um, literally, Round Rock or Williamson County and Hutto, <clears throat> the property sits on the line. So the, on the left side of the property was Hutto. ETJ and on the right side was Williamson County. So you have to pay school taxes yeah. for. Yeah, it was nuts. That right. was part of what, what held us up on closing. Yeah, so mm-hmm. that's part of it. So it, it eats up like 13 grand in property taxes, all the cash flow from it. But nice property. So where where's where's your best deal right now? Uh, two in Lano cash flow really well. We got 17 units there, uh, nine unit, eight unit, and then Mobile Home Park South Austin. I remember that one. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that's one of our best deals. I mean, that's great location. I'd like to have a mobile home park. They're I'd buy one. They're awesome. Yeah. Uh, this one, no headache whatsoever. Because it isn't like people can move those things out of there. So like well, they, they don't can. pay you. Well, I know, but like really, 
it's very hard, especially the ones that are. I have one I should show you guys. I've got it in Belton. It's under. It's in. Um, it's on a half an acre. It's so nice. It's in probate right now. I signed mobile the listing home agreement. No, a mobile home, but it's on. A, it's in a nice community, mm-hmm. and um, I signed the listing agreement on a Saturday, and I just kind of did it as a favor. It's not really what I do, but it was close to Lake Belton, and so it was close to my house. Anyways, lady dies on Monday. She passed away on uh-huh. Monday? Oh, uh-huh. man. So I literally called her to say, we're going to put a lockbox on it. And her brother answered the phone, and they said, she's passed away. So we're in probate right now, but it's really nice. $175,000 in a nice area. It's just like just like a little, like if somebody wanted to jump into something easy peasy, it'd probably get $1,500, $1,800 a month in rent because it's nice. It's furnished. It's on a half an acre. Super nice. Um, it's like So there's always these little one-off deals, right? I, I may know someone who, who might like that. Yeah. Uh, I don't really want to own mobile homes. I don't either. I want to own the mobile home park. I mean, that's the reason I didn't buy this property. My husband's like, you should buy that. I'm like, I'm not buying that. But but somebody could. Like, yeah. you know, somebody wants to. I mean, no, I'd love to buy a park. The park's great. I'd like to buy storage. You're just, you're just renting out the dirt. Yeah. Bring your home, whatever. I mean, yeah. you know, but falls if, apart. If, uh, if, if, if they don't pay their rent to you every month and they can't get that home off there, I mean, you're yeah, you got to double dipping. I'm, yeah. Well, you, I mean, it costs like 2500 bucks to demo the home and get it out of there. Yeah. Which we've had to do, but it's whatever. Oh, you've demoed their mobile home. Yeah. Well, they, you know, <laughs> they weren't, they weren't great. Right. When we bought this park, the mobile home has probably been there for forever and 20, 30, 40 years Single old. Single wide. Yeah. Ah, uh, okay. But amazing property. And so I want to buy more mobile homes too. Storage units, yep. uh, warehouses. Like, like storage, warehouse. Even boat, like even up where I'm at, like boat storage. Yeah, I'm sure. Because, you know, there's, it's impossible to get into the marina. And everyone's got boats up where we're at. So what, Lake, Lake Belton? Lake Belton. Yeah. And we actually have water. Yeah. That's what you should be looking for. Yeah. So, I mean. I want for everything. Like, just like, I'm just, I'm in this thing right now. It's like, bring me deals. I just yeah. want to see deals. Because assets are on sale. People will negotiate. You know, the, um, you know, the, their, their short-term debts do. Their, their balloons are up. You know, they're scared. They just want to get any kind of money. They want to get out. They don't want to be an investor anymore. It's great. What's your favorite property? What, that I own or, or that yeah, I would want to buy? That you own. Um, I don't think I have a favorite right now. Which is the best? I have a duplex in uh, Round Rock that, that does pretty well. Where's it at? Uh, it's over in East Round Rock. West Street. I knew you were going to ask me that. I'm just drawing a blank on it. It's over by um, Sunrise and 3406. Is it 3406 and Sunrise? It's yeah. back in there. Yeah. I was I'm over. Just a blank. We on uh, not on Red Wing, is it? Uh-uh. No. Greenlawn. No, Greenlawn's farther up that way. It's on the other side of Highway 79. This is more in the 79 s- Sunrise and 3406. Westcott. No. I'll have to look it up when, That's I, okay. when I get my phone. Yeah. When'd you buy that one? Oh, God. see, I've owned it for that long. I've owned it for 10 years. Nice. You know, and it makes it, and we paid cash for it, and it was a foreclosure. So I think I paid 150,000 for it. I could sell it for 450 today. Yeah, easy. And I get, you know, 2 grand a side or 1800. I got a property manager, so maybe 1800 a side, something like that. So like, you know, I'm making $3600 off of a $100,000 investment. Yeah, those are great. I mean, we own It's probably a dump. Like I haven't been there I don't know how long because I've got a property manager. Yeah. So I don't even think about it. Well, duplex and Rock, uh it's a yeah. good deal. I you mean, you almost can't go wrong. No, I mean, but it's not like it's not in a great area. Yeah, I mean, there's yeah. not many parts of Round Rock that are bad areas, though. Right, and this one now is super close. Do you know where I'm talking about? Like Sunrise. Yep, I do. And then 3406. I, yep, I know yeah, exactly. Like the what car you're dealerships about. and stuff. Yep. Yeah, it's over in there. We own a uh, four in Round Rock. Okay. I was at them earlier today. So, do you guys do your own property management? Yes. Ugh, I don't. Yeah, I think uh, we do, okay. and we're about to make a switch there. Uh, so. Matt and I don't do it. Right. Right. We're not the one, you know, collecting rents and things. But we got... Knocking on doors. We got someone in-house who does it. It's really important to me, and this might change, but it's really important to me to control the maintenance and also control how much they're pushing uh, rents. Because uh, a lot of times they'll just increase it 25 bucks, 30 bucks, when we could have increased it 400 bucks. Right. Right. You know, because the duplex in Round Rock... 1900 2100 yeah i think that's about what i'm getting i think yeah, i'm getting per side per side yeah yeah uh that's going rents when you know uh, a lot of owners may not know that you know our property right. managers may think you know 1100 1200 1250 right and even in bad condition you can get 
16, 17, 1800. So I really want to push, you know, the income, the rents. And I also think that people can overspend on maintenance pretty quickly. Yeah. And I mean, if we overspend 300 bucks per unit per month, that's 30 grand that we just lost. Yeah. Why would you have $300 a month in maintenance? Oh, God. (laughs) I mean, you know, so many reasons. Okay. Yeah. I I don't think I say it's not per month, right? Like we're not spending. Okay. But like like, if, for example, uh, every unit called this month and said there's something wrong with, you know, my AC unit and a property manager didn't really care about keeping maintenance costs really, really, really low. Right. uh, They could easily overspend 30 grand a month. Right. Which eats up everything. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So we have someone uh, in-house who I oversee who does our property management and asset management. I think management. that we're almost starting to scare people off now, becoming investors. No, it's great. It's I mean, just, all you have to have is a good property management company paying yeah. between 8 and 10%. Meet with them. You know, I meet with them. I, I even meet with them. I talk to them probably every six months. It depends on how many units you own. I yeah. think like uh, if you have guys. one single family home, yeah, meet with them semi-annually or yeah. something, right? If you own 100 units and they're managing 100 houses, right. I think you should meet with them monthly yeah. and hold them accountable to all the things that I just mentioned. Yeah. And look at the statements, ask them why these charges are coming up. Uh, but, you know, just because you own a property and have a property manager doesn't mean that you've got a good property manager, nor Agreed. is the property manager taking care of your properties the way that they should. Agreed. Because it's easy to lose that cash flow pretty quick. Yeah. If you're not keeping. I think you guys are impressive. I told you guys that when I met you um, when we did the Real Estate King show. Like you guys are young and you're ambitious and you're out there and you're making moves. You know? Well, thank you. A lot of people your age aren't doing that. No. And it's so frustrating to me, you know, especially when, you know, a lot of the people <coughs> your age, you know, they've got jobs, they've got six figure incomes, you know, but they're not, they're not putting it into, they're not putting it into real estate. They're putting it into, you know, $150,000 Teslas and cars and this and that and stuff that's just going right. depreciating. We want to do deals. I know you guys we do. Don't, we don't care about cars. Yeah. That's smart, though. Yeah. Because when you're my age, you know, you're going to be sitting on a beach somewhere. Maybe. Yeah. Or doing deals or somewhere do, else. But maybe you'll be doing deals on the beach. Yeah. Right? I was just down in Cabo. We have an office in Cabo. So I went and visited it, took a picture there so I could write my trip off. <laughs> yeah. But I thought I wouldn't mind doing business in Cabo. Yeah. yeah. No, Cabo is nice. Yeah. No, literally, I was like, okay, EXP Cabo right here. There's a picture. <laughs> yeah. If it ever comes up, I was here. Right. <laughs> yeah. All right, Lisa. Well, what else do you have left for our audience? Uh, How can they find you? Uh, What's your last piece of wisdom for everybody? Get in the game. You know? What game? In the real estate game. You know, I I like to tell people, people who know me or have heard me speak, they hear me say, in the absence of courage, do it scared. And it takes courage in today's market to be a real estate investor. In general. In general. And it takes courage to even, you know, take the first step in, you know, meeting with the realtor. So, you know, have courage and, um, and, you know, you'll have to do it scared. Find the right people to work with. And you can find me, best place to find me probably on Instagram, real underscore Lisa Copeland. And then my website, sellingcentraltexas.com. And then coming soon, more info on Women Wire Inc. Yes. And um, see Lisa speak at 10X Ladies. Yeah, 10X Ladies. Can't wait. It's my favorite venue to speak at. What else? And then we have, we'll, we'll have a big announcement. Elena Cardone and I will have a big announcement in August that everybody can get involved in. Awesome. Including you guys. All right. Yeah. We're looking forward to Deal. it. Deal. All right, everybody. Thanks for tuning in today. Lisa Copeland. Thanks. Bye, guys. Bye.